Hey guys, big news. New Balance has released the Fresh Foam 1080 V13 with a new outsole design to increase forefoot stiffness and enhance the rocker profile as well for the smoothest transition ever. You can benefit from their innovation by getting yourself a pair which uses a new Fresh Foam X compound. I've noticed an increased energy return with more cushion and less weight, making my long runs a lot more comfortable. Comfort aside, I also just love the look and how versatile this shoe is. Check out the 1080 V13 at newbalance.com. Thank you, New York. Today, we're reminded of the power of community and the power of coming together. Athletes, on your mark. The first woman to finish for the second straight year here in the New York City Marathon is Mickey Gorman, a smiling Mickey Gorman, and why not? 2.29.30, the time for Greta Vikes. Look at the emotion of Shalane Flanagan as she comes to the line. Pointing to his chest, pointing to the USA. He so proudly wears across his chest. A great day for Beth Kapleski. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Set the Pace, the official podcast of New York Roadrunners presented by New Balance. I'm Rob Simulcair, the CEO of New York Roadrunners, joined as I am every single week by 2009 New York City Marathon champion Meb Kofleski. Meb, we are getting deep into the holidays here, only a couple of weeks left in 2023. How are you? How was your weekend? I'm doing well, Rob. Uh, just busy with them finals or getting ready for finals with the kids and planning for the holidays. So it's, uh, it's that time of the year. Happy holidays to everybody and looking forward to uh, celebrating. Yeah, we had a great weekend uh, this past weekend here in New York City. This is kind of our last uh, weekly race of the year. We have a race called the Frosty 5K. It's in Prospect Park. So many runners uh, in costumes. We had a, a ton of Santa Clauses, a lot of elves, uh, we had a whole team of Grinches, actually. I think a whole run club came out dressed as Grinches and Who's and all that. Uh, a lot of, you know, some Hanukkah garb out there as well. Um, Frosty the Snowman, of course, uh, we had a mascot right there at the finish line. So it was super fun. Hot chocolate for everybody at the finish. It's usually a pretty frosty race, but we actually had quite seasonable, you know, warmish weather. So it was a comfortable frosty 5K and everybody had a really good time. It's just, a, it was a great vibe and a lot of fun for everybody. Those holiday runs are a lot of fun and exciting and uh, hot chocolate anytime is a good time. So, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be super cold to have those. So anytime they can have hot chocolate, it's one of my favorite. Especially. To be able to enjoy. Especially for the kids, Matt. We had so many kids. We had, we had all three stages of our youth race um, distances going as well. Stage one is for the, the little kids. They do a little sprint. Then stage two is a mile and a half, but not super, not a competitive timed race. And then stage three is a mile and a half competitive. And, and we had great crowds, great turnouts for all three of those stages. The kids all got hot chocolate. Uh, it was just a really fun day in Brooklyn. So uh, I think everybody had a lot of fun and it was great to see everybody out there. All right. On today's episode, a little bit later on, we'll have a med minute. We're going to be talking about cross training, right? To make sure you're not just running all the time, other stuff you can do to improve your running, but also most importantly, to stay healthy so you can keep running. That's coming up a little bit later in the show. But first, we have an interview with someone who I've gotten to know and we're so excited to have as part of the New York Roadrunners community, Bex Gentry. Bex, if you don't know her, she's a star. She is one of the 
most acclaimed instructors of Peloton. Of course, Peloton, everybody knows them for the at-home bikes. They, have, they are, of course, are in treadmill as well as now rowing. And Bex has an incredible story as a relatively late-in-life runner who became an incredibly fast runner um, and now has really made running a huge part of her life. Uh, as a Peloton instructor, Beck specializes in running and strength training classes. She just has great energy. Uh, people love her. She's got hundreds of thousands of followers on Instagram, uh, and she just is also very, very fast, um, having run uh, two hours, 37 minutes, and one second in the 2019 TCS New York City Marathon, and even faster than that uh, in the Olympic trials for the UK in 2021. So uh, Bex Gentry, a fantastic person to have with us today. And here she is, the Bex Gentry from Peloton and runner extraordinaire joining us here on Set the Pace. Bex, it is so great to have you here on the show. Oh my gosh, Rob, thank you so much. I'm blushing with that introduction. <laughs> oh, believe me, it's well-deserved and then some. Your Bex, your story, and you know, running is amazing. There's so many paths to running. You know, there are people who start running as kids and they run all through school and become elite runners. There are people who discover it later in life and make running a part of their life. It's not every day that you see both of those things. Someone who discovers it late in life and then ends up becoming a truly elite runner and now an inspirational run coach and instructor. So I just want to start at the beginning, Bex. Mm. What got you running? Oh, a uh, loaded question. Um, well, listen, I was in a job that was toxic for me. Um, I think a lot of the listeners out there probably relate to using exercise as a release from something in their lives that's bringing them down. And I, you know, all due respect to my career that I had before in public relations, it was a great time but it wasn't for me. And I was using running as my time. And, you know, I'm talking to two people who've run for a while. Remember when you used to go out for a run without a watch and nobody gave a about when you'd run, how far you'd run, how fast you'd run. You ran for you. You just went out at the end or the beginning of your day or whenever you could, and you went for a run. And that's where I started. I just left my, my day behind and would go ahead and run in Brighton, England. I don't know if you've been there, but it's a seaside and you run and I would just run past like lamppost to lamppost and didn't have a watch. So I'd just be like, okay, well today I ran to Brighton Pier and back. And I didn't care, I was like, okay, cool. I was out for like 20 minutes, great. And then it, it went up and up and I loved it. And it really did heal my mind. You know, when I had those days where things really sucked it would be released from my mind and I'd be able to have a nice evening. And then I, I, I did actually end up getting quite sick. I had an eating disorder and I, and I battled that. But through that, I think running saved me because it kept me very true to who I was. And I really, really thank running for getting me through that because I think if I hadn't have run, my family wouldn't have seen a passion in me. And I actually came over to the USA and I stayed with my aunt and uncle in um, Naples, Florida for a Christmas. And I would run every day. And one day I went out and I ran like 20 miles to a farmer's market and came back and I'd gotten like some jewelry. I don't remember what else. And I came back and my uncle sat me down and he's a very shrewd businessman. And he said, I know you're not well, but 
you need to take this passion and you need to share this passion with people because it's going to heal them and it's going to heal you. Mm. And I honestly, I went home back to, to London. I quit my job and I enrolled in a personal training and business um, degree and I went back to school and I got my qualifications and literally the rest is history. From the day I qualified as a personal trainer, I just ran and ran and ran. I used to, people used to call me Forest Gentry because I would just be running around London, like commuting. I wouldn't ride the underground or the bus. I'd just always be seen like running through London with my backpack on from person to person, from class to gym or whatever it was. And I don't think much has changed. <laughs> well, it's wonderful to see that passion translate to others you know for me i remember when i was probably in eighth grade i would wake up like you know san diego hot weather yeah. you know five o'clock five thirty in the morning go for a run but i have no idea what the distance was i would just you know start the watch yeah. and go around whether you want to do the hills at the beginning or at the end but you have a course did you how did that competitive start though when you, you know, okay you say you're gonna run for whether it's around the block or five miles or whatever, but when did you say, oh, maybe not as a professional or whatnot, but when did you say, I need to pay attention to these details? I think when I became a Nike Run Club coach and lead in London, and that really sparked my my passion for the design of running, if that makes sense, of like programming, of that getting onto that ladder and getting past just running, of having achievable goals and non-achievable goals perhaps, and just learning about what it can do, what you can do, what your body can do. And that's always been something that really intrigues me. Honestly, I'm terrible at science. If any of my science teachers are still alive, they'd be like, Rebecca Gentry walks into the science lab, they're like, oh my God, something's going to set on fire. I'm just terrible. But human science always really intrigued me because I just think we are so in control of this incredible machine that we have. And to be able to make these tweaks and changes at our will is just a gift. It's such a gift. And when I ran with a fellow run club coach called Blue Benedum, who's a very accomplished runner in his own right, um, out on the West Coast, we were in Berlin and we ran at four in the morning. It was freezing cold and I conversed all the way on this run. Didn't look at my watch because it was probably under like seven layers and a pair of gloves. And we got back to the hotel before our event and he said, do you know how fast we just ran for 10 miles? And you talked the whole way. Mm. And it was a really silly pace. I was keeping up with the with the guys, if you will. And he said, I want to coach you. I want to coach you to to see what you can do. And that was the first time somebody had believed in me and like taken this like teeny tiny seed that had been growing in my brain about, oh, am I okay at running? Am I I'm pretty good. I really love it. And boom, he grabbed me and I went, Okay, let's do this. <laughs> That's what I was wondering, Bex, is like when that light went off, right? And and you went from being a runner to saying, wait a second here, I actually have something. You know, I, I am, I can be a really competitive runner and uh, you have been a really competitive runner all the way to the point of being invited to run in the Olympic trials for the UK. You ran a time of 2.32. I mean, you're running serious, serious time. So what was that transition like from doing running as something to, as so many of us do, relieve stress to, okay, wait a second, 
this is actually serious now for me. This is something that I am pursuing. Whether it was as a career, Bex, maybe you didn't know yet if it was going to be a full-time career. Obviously, you knew the coaching part. Um, but but like, what was that transition like from basically recreational running yeah. to like running is now your life? Um, I would say... My first two marathons were Rome and London marathons, and they were, I always forget which way round it was. One was 327 and one was 329. And I thoroughly enjoyed it and really was like, this is great. And that conversation that I had with Blue happened just after it. And he couldn't believe that that was my marathon time. And he basically had said to me, you are just recreational running. You're just going out and you can you've got some some other layers you can tap into. And I really and truly think I got my endurance up in London because I was forest gentry. I was running everywhere and I would just get, most days I would run somewhere between 20 to 30 miles, just running around. So I did ultras and that's where I started. That was my love was just flying around the world to do these ultra races. And I always placed highly in them, the top 10 or so for women. And when I moved to the USA, I got competitive, to be honest. The running culture here, when I moved here in 2018, was very different to the running culture in London in 2018. We were still sort of pedestrian runners in London of just doing that recreational community run. There wasn't much emphasis on fast, especially for women. And when I moved to New York, oof, was there competition. Wow. There was... Mm -hmm. You know, you'd see people on your Strava, you'd see people on the West Side Highway coming along, like trying to sneak past. You'd see people suddenly inviting you out for a run. You're like, okay, is this a run or is this a little check-in, a little see where the competition's at? And it fueled something in me. And I got faster and faster because of that kind of weird Aries stubbornness that I embody. <laughs> and on top of the miles that I was doing as a Peloton instructor. So I wasn't just doing my training. I was also teaching. We launched Tread. So we were constantly teaching. We were on the Tread a lot. There was only like five of us at the time. And so the miles in my legs were just crazy. And I think when I realized, oh, okay, endurance isn't a problem anymore. Speed is where I'm at. And the West Side Highway just it gets me, man. I can't run slow on that thing. <laughs> How was that balance for you to come from Peloton instructor to running? Mm. And did it help to, you know, hidden kind of like, they can't see what you're doing at Peloton, like when you're training, but when you're on West Side Street, they can see you, people yeah. can run. How do you mix those two together to get the best out of yourself? I always use my Peloton classes that I was teaching as easy miles, but I would definitely log them. So um, throughout, so from New York Berlin, sorry, was my first race that I ran whilst being a Peloton instructor. And that was my first big, big jump in time. <laughs> and it was really like, oh, wow. I suddenly went sub three and I missed, I jumped all the way from 327 to sub three. I think it was 250 something. And I just was like, mm, okay, all this speed work. And even though I say they were easy miles, you know, I'm teaching intervals classes, I'm teaching hit classes, I'm teaching um, speed training, like an, an hours long marathon training um, class, which involves a lot of speed work. I'm teaching tempo runs, progression runs. And again, my airy stubbornness means 
I'm not just going to run at an easy pace. I want to work out with my members. I want them to see that I'm doing the work with them. So they may be slightly under my true race training paces, but I'm still going for it. And I think that those easy miles being speed work as well, really contributed to that 30 minute jump to begin with. Um, and yeah, a lot of sleep. <laughs> I'm pretty sure those uh, numbers or intense training helped with your VO2 max increase. And you, I saw your documentary on Peloton that did you versus the numbers. Mm-hmm. That's very exciting. But how, can you tell us a little bit about the, the email that you got and how exciting were you <laughs> from the Great Britain to be a competitive? What was that like moment for you? Honestly, Meb, I thought somebody was pranking me. Um, I just couldn't get my head around it, really. It was it was COVID as well. So I was like, no, this doesn't make sense. This isn't tracking. And I don't know why, but I just thought you had to be affiliated with a running group or have a, a real serious coach or... I just didn't know the ins and outs of professional running. Um, you know, I've watched it and from being from the sidelines for many years, but there was no way in my brain. It's like, how on earth would they even know who I am? You know, I just, I was like, yeah, sure. I finished first non-elite at New York, but like no one seemed to really, you know, amongst New York, that was fine. That was great. But like, it's like it wasn't a big deal or maybe it was. And, you know, I just read this email over and over again. And I can remember exactly where I was sitting at my um, partner's mother's house. And I just ran downstairs with like, I emailed back, yes, immediately. (laughs) And was just like, you know, if it's a joke, whatever, I'll play along. But of course, I'm going to say yes. And yeah, when they sent everything back with all the forms, I was like, oh, oh, no, oh, no, (laughs) this is actually, I've got to do this. And I, yeah, I squealed. I mean, um, very unrunner, very unhealthy. I think we went straight and got a bottle of champagne and we're like, yay, <laughs> <laughs> training starts tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who, who can blame you? It, what, that's a, quite a day to be invited. The email you're talking about is being invited to compete in the UK Olympic trials. Yeah. Tell us, Bex, about that race. I mean, you, you yeah. had a great race. You finished fourth. Yeah. Uh, that's the 232, just over 232 time that you ran. Yeah. Talk about that that day a little bit and that experience. What was that like? That day, I mean, the build up to that day was incredible. First time I um, I had a full full coach, um, and I the training was tough to be honest to squeeze it in with my peloton schedule to train through a New York winter as somebody who is not born and bred in New York. I'm English. We, we do well in rain. We don't do well in snow and ice. (laughs) (laughs) I've Um, heard that. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So I was very, I'm very blessed and I'm, I acknowledge how fortunate I am to have a tread in my home. And I did a lot of miles on there. So on the day of the race, it was March 26th, day before my, my, my 36th birthday. And I always, always said to myself when Shalane won New York when she was 36 that was always my my goal of not necessarily winning New York but just doing something huge for my running career by the time I was 36 so to me all my stars were aligning I was like I'm gonna have my Shalane moment this is gonna be incredible um being that it was COVID was tough because we knew there was going to be nobody cheering. We knew that it was very minimal um, skeleton team um, in Kew Gardens. If anybody listening knows me, they know I hate running track. Like, 
I don't go near it. I don't go near the track. I hate it. I feel like Nemo with his little like fin who's constantly going around in a circle. <laughs> I just can't do it. Um, which is absurd because I can run on a tread for 22 miles. <laughs> you know, it's the same thing in your brain. Um, so knowing the Kew Gardens course was uh, 12 plus repetitions of a very small loop, which basically felt like a track to me. That was daunting. Um, but I trained repetition here because we knew the course for a really long time. So I did a lot of like loop running in New York as much as I could. Um, and the day was nerve wracking. I mean, it was, as Meb said, it was documented in our Peloton um, Film 45 documentary. And I, it was imposter syndrome, to be quite honest, Rob. I, I got there. I looked around at men and women who I have idolized who I've looked up to who I've followed through their careers and just suddenly went why am I here and all of the bits of press that I'd seen of like oh this just this peloton instructor what is she doing here this this fear of like oh no now it's real it's you know I've got to show up I knew people were tuning in at 2 3 a.m in the U.S. to watch it I knew it was going to be televised my parents my family there was just this like oh no, everyone is expecting me to fail, really. Everyone's like, oh, this, this, look at this cute little Peloton instructor thinking she's got it against all these professional athletes. And my partner could see how nervous I was. I couldn't even warm up. Funny story here, I had to put my shorts on inside out because I'd never raced professionally and I didn't know that you weren't allowed to have the Nike band on the shorts. And so the poor team were like, you either have to wear something else, which I didn't have, so I had to turn my shorts inside out. I was like, this is not going well <laughs> from the start. I'm I'm like not warming up. I'm so nervous. I couldn't remember how to warm up. I was just walking and jogging up and down whilst everyone else is doing their drills and looking so professional. And I was like, I don't, I'm, I don't know what to do, <sighs> like panicking. And my boyfriend said to me, make a joke on the start line. Just crack the ice amongst everybody and so I kind of looked around. And I was like, God, is anyone else really hungover? <laughs> and you could just see the faces. Everyone was like, oh, God, this girl is a joke. <laughs> Obviously, I'm not hungover. Come on. You're, you're hydrated. You're hydrated. Hydrated. <laughs> I, yeah, maybe I had too many electrolytes and sugar. But yeah, no, my ritual is one glass of wine before the race. And that's it. And I stuck to that. Um, <laughs> And, I, and it made me feel so much better. I just let it go of like, come on, okay, if you're not laughing, you're, this is very serious for you. It was very serious for me, but I'm just that nature of like, come on, let's do this. And that day was, I got to eight miles, which was what felt like the 50 millionth lap of that darn beautiful park. And I looked at my partner and he was able to come with me because I put him down as my coach and my support, um, which was really lucky. And he was, he was my water person. He was my everything. You were only allowed one person on the course because of COVID regulations. Um, and I looked at him um, around mile eight and I just shook my head because my watch was showing 5.33, 5.32 pace, which for me was the top end of where I'd been training. And I was like, oh. I'm hanging on at mile eight. Like, this is ridiculous. Unfortunately, a lot of the other women in the field dropped out quite early due to underlying injury. Um, the weather was a bit gross. Um, I don't know the full story for all of them, but 
you know what it's like when you see other people start dropping that kind of plays with your brain of like what's going on oh my gosh okay is this justified that I'm feeling so rough right now <laughs> um and then I cut into a group of two paces and three of of us women running and we just tucked in and we got into our our little rhythm together and I couldn't have asked for anything more it was from there on was perfect we we stuck with each other mentally we stuck with each other physically we talked to each other when we, one of us was dropping back we'd be like come on come on come on let's go let's go let's get to the straight because one side of it was very windy and then there was a complete downhill straight away on the other side so it was like hey let's hammer let's go come around then you'd see your people go through and come back and my pacer had never run a marathon in his life wow wow yeah this kid was so and i say kid because i swear he was like 18 years old <laughs> he was all the paces were going to drop us at around the mile 21 22 mark and let us finish because so many people had dropped we ended up having a pace at each and he at around mile 22 23 he was like all right next lap it's all you and i said to him i will pay you whatever just stay with me like <laughs> i can't i i literally was like i don't know whether you're being paid what, it, what i just i need you to stay with me because you've got me this far and he was chatting he was funny he on the on the windy parts on the far side of the course, it got windy, it got wet. And he was just like, tuck in, you're not going to trip me. He was just giving me all the right words and advice. And I was like, I just begged him. I was like, please, if you are allowed to stay with me for longer, please, can you stay with me? And he was like, I'm completely allowed. It's within the rules. I'll stay with you until you don't want me. I said goodbye to him at the finish line. Like I, he stayed with me all the way wow. to the end. Um, and I gave my all and I will never not be proud like to my core of myself that day there are people out there who are like oh 23201 oh god does that bug you i'm like no absolutely not because if you knew rosie edwards came past me on the final 10 meters of that race i had nothing left like if people know me i give i'm like grit i will claw to not have let her come past me if i had anything left in my tank there was nothing. Mm -hmm. there, the fact that I stayed upright is absurd to me because I could almost feel that floor coming towards my face as I was trying to not let her beat me. And she did. And I don't care. <laughs> I just don't. It was the fastest time I've ever run. I gave my absolute everything to that race. And no, that one second will never annoy me. And it shouldn't. Running a personal best is huge, you know, to finish fourth at the trials. Similar to yours, you know, I was not having a great day at the 2012 Olympic Games. I was at 21st place halfway through. I was going to drop out. But being in the moment is so crucial, so important. I end up getting fourth place. I didn't win a medal, but it tells you how to be in the moment, maximize yeah. your talent, and, you know, Winning is not first place, second place, third place, by getting the best out of yourself. It gives you hope for the future. How yeah. do you motivate your athletes as an instructor to be in the moment? What do, you, what do you learn about yourself at the trials and how do you motivate that to go beyond? I think it's it sounds cheesy, but how temporary those moments are of in comparison to the weeks and months that you put into training. 
And I think as runners, we forget that a lot, that we focus on race day so much. And obviously, you know, Rob's like, hey, 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 come on. They're big events. They're amazing. We need to focus on race day. But in, but in the person wise, we sort of get to the start line of the Verrazano Bridge and all of those, say, 18 weeks that you've just completed, they disappear. All of a sudden, it's like you forget that you have just put yourself through a really incredible training process, whether it's been positive or negative. The fact that you've done that is wildly impressive. And so when it gets to the race day and the the, the motivation is, is thinking back to that and thinking that this pain that you're in in the moment, you almost like, not in a horrible way, but you deserve to feel it because this is what you trained for. This is what you prepared yourself for. And this is so temporary, so, so temporary. It's going to be over whether you stop or whether you get to the finish line. It's going to be done. And nothing beats that. Nothing will ever beat that. Like I got through the pain and I elevated myself above it and I succeeded. And Bex, I, you know, I, I don't think there's a better way to describe the mental journey of running a marathon than what you just said. That really is it. And it's a, I always say it's a metaphor for life. You know, it's life and marathons are similar. There are so many points along the way, pretty much the entire time where if it's too hard, the option to quit is always right there, right there in front of you. And the people who don't, who push through, they get to the end and they think back and they say, yeah, that pain was part of it. You know, that was what made it special. Bex, I want to talk to you about your your Peloton community a little bit. And we're we're so happy to have Peloton as part of the New York Roadrunners family. It's been an amazing partnership already, just started it this summer. What is it like for you? I know you do a lot of things, but the tread obviously is a big part of what you do on Peloton. And it's got a great community. Of course, the company started out with the bikes, but treads are a big part of it now. What's it like for you taking all of these runners through the running journey virtually the way you do on Peloton, on the treadmill? What's that like for you? What kind of relationships do you have with your runners? Um, great question. It's it's varied. I think people in the Peloton community as a whole are just a, a wonderful bunch of people. They're loyal. They are fiercely loyal, let me say. They are so motivated. They turn up at pretty much any hour you can imagine and they take classes on all of our modalities and they're loyal to those time slots you know that I may teach a 7 a.m class eastern time but that there are 4 a.m runners on the west coast showing up and there's midday runners in UK and Europe showing up and there's the next day runners in Australia and it's the motivation, I think for me, ebbs and flows with my journey. You know, a lot of people when I first came to Peloton were like, oh gosh, she's really fast. She's I, she's scary. I don't want to take her classes. And then they sort of saw like, oh, okay, no, she has a softer side. She can teach us. And now through my journey of doing these races, being very honest, training alongside our members, and now becoming a mother, they've seen me on these very different 
personalities, I guess, or very different running personalities. I've gone from being an Olympic trials qualifier to somebody who's come back from having a baby within a couple of years. And it's very like, oh, oh, okay, this is real. She's a real person too. And I think maintaining that genuine side of sometimes it sucks. It's not easy. We may make it look easy and Peloton is a very revered thing in the world for sure. And we are treated, the instructors are treated like we're unicorns of people. Like we're just this like anomaly of a human who can do anything and train at any point. But when it's real talk, training's really tough. And there are days where you just simply don't want to do it. It doesn't feel good. And I'm very honest about that in my classes. I will show up, especially when I'm in a training cycle of like, don't particularly want to run right now, guys. I've got to be honest with you. Um, I've just done a 15-mile tempo run, and it really hurt. And now I'm doing this class. And so thanks for being here because I'm doing it because of you. And it switches both ways. They do it because of us, and I do it because of them. So motivating people to get through, I think, from, from when they look deep into what I've done as a runner, they see that uh, a journey is possible. It is possible within a few years to go from a 329 marathon to a 232, but you've got to be ready to work your off. It's not going to happen overnight. And I, I hope that I do display that, that work is important. <laughs> As you said, it's hard to be uh, a mom and a businesswoman and you know, social media. How do you balance that though, to be really raw to be able to just say, hey, this is what I'm feeling today. And you know, you know you have a gazillion people following and they're more, trying to be motivated. How do you balance that? It's difficult. I will say it, social media is not my love. Um, it scares me. I think um, now having a child, it really scares me. I, I see the benefits of it in a lot of ways, but then I'm also like, I feel how anxious it makes me at times um whether it's comparison whether it's just oh I'm not doing enough this person looks so busy and like I'm not (laughs) um so I think being again I'm brutally honest I'm not necessarily somebody I, I will happily be on Instagram with my daughter with my hair all over the place not a a jot of makeup on spit up all over me like because I'm talking about something genuine in that moment um and I take people on my runs at the beginning and the end I will rarely take people on my runs with me because I don't like running with other people if that makes sense I like having an easy run with other people I don't like training with anyone else Mm. and so I, I make that very clear because I live in New York I don't want people to bother me if I'm on a training run on the west side highway I if if you come up to me and ask me for a selfie while I'm on a training run, you will get like evil eyes from me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. There you go. Listeners, you heard it right there. You see Bex running, let Bex run. (laughs) But I'm happy to just beginning or end of my run. I will get my phone out, but I hate stopping for photos on my runs. It's really, (laughs) really bizarre. I know from somebody who, who trains with a lot of people, but I get it. I get it. Or, it interrupts. Or, or sometimes you might have to pick up the pace, you know, kind of analyze what's going on <laughs> and then, you know, to avoid that, you know, yeah. time. 
yeah. catch me if you can, if you want that selfie. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you can just do that. Just put that on a t-shirt. If you want a selfie, catch me. If you catch me, that's great. You earned it. This is fantastic. <laughs> You can go the extra mile with the Peloton Tread Plus this season, now $1,000 off for a limited time. The cushion slap belt feels like you're walking, running, or hiking on clouds. No joke. Whether you're training for your next race or just looking for the best way to bring your workouts indoors this winter, the Peloton Tread Plus will get you moving toward your next goal. Pre-order the Peloton Tread Plus today at OnePeloton.com. Terms apply. Bex, you went from social media star, and you are a bit of a social media star, <laughs> to media media star when you joined us this year at the finish line as one of the members of our broadcast team for the TCS New York City Marathon. It was a thrill seeing you at the finish line. You did a great job. What was it like for you to, to be a part of our broadcast? An absolute dream come true. I don't I don't think Rob that you and the New York Roadrunners team quite understand how much you made a part of my life um just ugh, it was unreal I'm still lost for words I it still hasn't quite sunk in um my parents always remind me that when I was little I used to stand in front of either the Formula One Ski Sunday which was a, a UK TV program um or any athletics I'd stand in front of the television and I'd hold the remote control as a microphone and I'd tell them what was going on. I would commentate on it. And they, you know, I, as I grew up and got older, my dream was to always have an ESPN microphone in my hand at some point. <laughs> you, I, you and I have something in common, Bex. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, that, that was me. I was, <laughs> I was sitting in front of the TV screens. Yeah. I was doing baseball, uh, in, you know, right here in the US. I, yeah. was, I was doing Mets games you know, with a, a fake microphone and my parents listened to that. And <laughs> I ended up with an ESPN microphone yeah. in my hand too. And so we've, we've both followed that dream. It's pretty cool, isn't it? It's so cool. And honestly, is a little BTS, but um, on rehearsal day at the finish line, the sound team went to give me a microphone to rehearse in my spot and run my lines. And I said, please don't give me the ESPN microphone. Uh, and they gave me the ABC um, one instead and they were like why and I was like I just I can't have it until tomorrow until it's really gonna happen because something could still have gone wrong overnight and I didn't want to have had a fake ESPN mic in my hand and so the morning that they gave me that mic was unreal and just to be there the whole weekend like Meb we spent some miles together with some incredible people around Central Park on Friday and the whole weekend was so heartwarming and made me truly, truly realize why I love running and the running community. And to be able to do that as my foray into presenting was just wow. <laughs> you know, the friendship that we make or the camaraderie that we bring together during marathon weekend, especially the TCN News Marathon, oh. you were so approachable. No, thank you. Where'd you get that from? Like how, what, what, and as a celebrity or as an instructor, I know Lauren, such a, my friend, it's like, it was her birthday. She was running. Can you get back? You know, she didn't even know this. And I'm like, 
I know best going to be. So I, my brother and I just jump into you and ask you for a favor. But how do you, I know when selfie, when you're working out and whatnot, but how do you, when you draw that line, I might be okay. So are you okay with that? I, I mean, it's, I'm a real person in the end. I don't hold, my mom always said to me, nothing, there is nothing um, attractive about somebody with airs and graces. And I don't know whether that translates into American terms, but it's just basically she was telling me not to hold myself in regard higher than other people and portray that in my manner. And I've kept that with me all the way through. I do not ever want to come across as somebody who thinks that they are faster, better, more accomplished, more successful or any any of the isms above anybody else that I meet you know so I want people to be able to come up to me aside from when I'm doing my training runs um and be able to have a conversation with me because in the end I am very very lucky and fortunate to be able to call my career my career because my career is actually my hobby it's my passion and I'm never going to forget that I'm never going to let that go so it's genuinely okay if you want to come and talk running with me for an hour, let's go. Because nothing makes me happier than talking about running with a stranger or with New York Roadrunners at New York Marathon on television. Like it's all, it's the same to me. And I'm, I'm so grateful to Matt and the team and Rob for saying yes to having me um, on the broadcast team to be able to do that on a new level. I mean, it's a dream come true for some people to meet you how peloton has an opportunity that opened the door for you who have you come across that you said oh i'm so happy to be at this moment or celebrities and like that have you run into some people like that i'm pretty sure you have oh my gosh you for one (laughs) (laughs) just the fact that um i ran miles with you was just like wow unreal um carrie tollison i just admire her so so much Kira um, and I have been Instagram friends and we've met each other at certain races very quickly over the past year. And we actually got to go for a one after we ran Mab. I went back to Central Park and did, did another eight miles with Kira. And it was just the two of us. And so to spend that time with her chatting, running, mom life, just just everything was really, really special. Um, and on the ESPN side, Hannah Storm to work alongside her. I think she she's somebody I've watched for years doing the job that I want to do when it comes to talking about running ESPN New York. And so to meet her and her just be so approachable as well, and to be so she was exactly like she was on camera in real life. She's so sweet and she's a mom, so we were chatting mom stuff as well. And she let me just hang around her and learn from her, as did Lewis. He saw that I was a sponge and just wanting to to understand what was going on and learn from their expertise. So yeah, in in both running and presenting worlds, it's been unreal. Also in the past, getting to meet Paula Radcliffe and Shalane has been like, I saw Shalane and Matt come over the finish line. I was like, I can't, I can't go say hi. <laughs> I I just love listening to how much fun you had as part of the broadcast. It reminds me so much of some of the first few times I was a broadcaster. So I'm just thrilled. You, you obviously were amazing. And so we're excited to see where your broadcasting career goes as well. So Bex, we're, we're almost at the end of the year here. 
And I want to ask you, do you have any New Year's goals for running? Do you have a, a, a bucket list goal or something you want to accomplish as a runner in 2024? Well, I am headed to Tokyo in March for my six star, uh, my final major, nice. um, which is really exciting. I, my, my goal for this race is very strange. I really want to enjoy this race because the last few marathons I've run, I've really hammered it and have, apart from New York, which was one of the best days of my life, I haven't had the moment to enjoy a race. And I think traveling to the other side of the world, I am taking this approach to training quite differently for this race. So that's a good goal for me. And then honestly, I think I want to do a few more ultras, which is strange. And maybe a half marathon. I kind of like, I'm feeling like my speed could lend itself to the half marathon distance a bit more. Moving it forward. definitely could. Absolutely. You could really tear it up. Well, we've got a few. So if you, if you, if there's one of ours, you'd like to come join, we'd love to have you maybe Brooklyn, if you're running Tokyo, but you know, wish you luck. And obviously it will be a great thrill to get your six star. That's an accomplishment that so many people are after. So, uh, you know, good luck in that journey. And it's just been such a pleasure, Bex, having you here on Set the Pace, having you and Peloton as part of our community here at New York Roadrunners. We love it. Thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you both. Rob, thank you, Meb. This is a pleasure and an honor to spend time with you both. Now it's time for today's Meb Minute. And Meb, today we are talking about cross-training. You know, we just had a great conversation with Bex Gentry, who does not just running, but strength training. And, you know, on the Peloton devices, of course, you can you can do cycling and rowing. So there's a lot of different things folks can do in that Peloton world. Yoga as well, which is one of my favorites. Meb, for you, how important is cross-training uh, to improving your time and your performance as a runner, but also just avoiding those injuries? You know, uh, cross-training is very important because you have to save your legs sometimes. You know, you put in so many miles, whether it's intervals or long runs. It's a good way to flash the lactic acid out. So whether you're doing the peloton, biking, or a lift to go that I have done in the past, or even swimming, those are the great alternatives to be able to just give your body a break something different that you might even miss running. It's like, okay, you might be confined to small areas, but when you are finished with those, it's huge. I think it helps with the joints. I think it helps with the, you know, not pounding the body on the pavement. It is very important. I have used it many times when I'm injured, but I wish somebody told me, don't do those only when you're injured. And I got to know a little bit later in my career with the elliptical to be able to go ride after you know, it doesn't beat you up at all, you know, especially living at altitude where you climb for like 35 minutes up a mountain and then you come down in 12 minutes. But the, the cycling, the turnover that helps you to become a better, faster runner, that is, I believe, to just your mind is done quick, quick, pedal, 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 pedal. Those are things that can be used very useful for everybody. Now, don't wait until you get injured. Just use it sometimes when you need to take a day off. Take a day off. But if he said, hey, you know what, today I feel a little bit, I need to use it for recovery go to your cross training. Injury prevention, so key. And for me, Meb, if I have a week where I've run, say, three or four times, I've lifted weights once, and I've done one solid yoga practice, 
I feel great. I feel like everything's in balance when I have a week like that. You know, five or six days of running and only running, sometimes I start to feel out of balance. And for those of you who haven't tried Peloton yet, by the way, it's not all about the bikes and the treadmills. They have an app which allows you to do all kinds of programs, whether it's weight training or yoga. You don't even need a device. Uh, you don't need an equipment, I should say, for a lot of the things that you can do using the Peloton app. So you should check that out. And that is a wrap for today's episode of Set the Pace. Always fun to have you with us. We will see you next week.